Welcome to an off-season edition of Hitting the High Notes, where we're just going to talk a little bit about the NBA playoffs, and maybe you're following along with the finals, maybe not, but uh, I know I am, because I enjoy watching uh, Steph Curry play and good defensive basketball. We're just coming off the tails of Game 4, which was an absolute classic, wire-to-wire, just, you know, dogfight, with both teams um, really struggling to gain any sort of big lead. Uh, I think the largest lead for the night of the night for the Warriors was seven and they didn't achieve that until about the last minute of the game. So just crazy game. Uh, we have, we're joined today. Uh, <clears throat> I'm, I'm Jared, by the way, in case you don't recognize my voice, cause I still got a little bit of a, a little bit of a bl- bug that's affecting it. Just a touch. Uh, we're joined today by our man, AJ, re- our resident Great. jazz Twitter. Like, <clears throat> Yes, yes, yes. Thank you so much for having me. I am, uh, yeah, AJ Bussey, the resident, uh, jazz hater slash jazz fan <laughs> slash Lakers fan slash I, I be tweeting stuff for likes and, uh, really just controversy. Turmoil on the timeline. Oh yeah. If, if there's a, if there's any kind of turmoil on the timeline, if there's any kind of controversy on the timeline, you can bet I probably am the reason why. Uh, because I just, I just don't care. I just don't hey, care. Hey, and hey, I, I'm, I'm still, well, I'm still, I'm still searching for whoever, whoever got my account banned or suspended for saying, uh, uh, Memphis is seven. I'm still searching <laughs> for that jazz fan. Whoever that was, that, that like, was a yeah, that was over. And, and the Jazz fans are still uh, still got off scot free with no retribution. Yeah, yeah, because by the time I actually got my, uh, by the time I actually like got my uh, account back, it was like a year later, and I couldn't. I was uh, I had so many people t- I wanted to put on blast. Ah, all those hot takes were were ice cold because they were a year old. Ah. They were, and I, I didn't want to be that petty guy who, you know, threw the threw the the, the year old takes out because then somebody would have got butt hurt. Yeah, having to spend it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, oh, so anyway, so we just watched Steph Curry score forty three points in Game Four of the NBA Finals. Sheesh, and. Uh, I would say pretty good all-around performance from Andrew Wiggins tonight, uh, along with well, Draymond would look terrible as he has most of the series. <laughs> but, That's true. But, That's uh, very true. But uh, Wiggins, uh, Clay Thompson had some nice timely buckets, and and Curry, I think, are the story tonight. Yeah, no, I think that they're definitely the story tonight. I mean, it's it's I'm I'm glad that uh, Wiggins and uh, uh, Clay kind of get a little bit more, you know what I mean? Uh, because I was getting a little worried about what it is that they're actually going to be bringing to the table tonight. Uh, those dudes were god awful <laughs> for a good, uh, Clay was anyway, for a good portion of the game. I was very disappointed in what I was watching. And so I was kind of glad to see 
a little bit of the fourth quarter defense, a little bit of those things kind of pop up from them. That was nice to see, you know, uh, Draymond with yet another triple single. Um, my boy Draymond, two points, nine rebounds, eight assists. Oh, nothing like it. One of seven shooting. Chef's <laughs> kiss. <laughs> Man, that two, that one of seven shooting really just like destroys that stat line, unfortunately. Like, um, it does. But- Good news is that he was taking the shots, like the stuff that, that was given him. I felt like Wiggins hung him out to dry one time. I'm like, Wiggins, you got to shoot that floater. Don't pass it right back to Draymond. Like he's in almost the same spot as you, and he's so much worse at taking layups. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, you know, Draymond took the shot and went right off the front of the rim and back to <laughs> So it was just like, man, that was that was ugly. Um, but, yeah. you know, that that was only one of the few low points from Wiggins tonight. I feel like. A lot of people were trying to put him on blast. A lot of people like to make fun of the fact that he was a he was an all star this year. But I think you know he's showing that he's he deserved that a lot. Um, I mean, he came through on the defensive end. He he was big on on, on Jalen Brown, and um, he really he was yeah he was making yeah. him work. So. Oh yeah, no, I mean he he definitely is showing that he you know deserved. Uh, Deserve that All Star bid. I, I think that it was crazy though because you know a lot of the people were upset with uh, him being an All Star and was he a star? he was a starter as well? I think. Right? Yeah, that, that was a strange turn of events. Like uh, I don't think most people yeah. would be a starter, but I think he got the the, the votes is what it would have turned out to be. That Golden State fan base is very active. <laughs> that, that Golden State fan base is very active, and so I would just say to people the same thing that I said. Uh, to uh, Jazz fans last year when they um, cried for two weeks about Mike Conley not being in the All-Star game at first. Uh, you should have voted. You should have voted more. Uh, uh, you know, true. that's the one thing in the NBA that the fans control. Yep. Too many people don't use their voice. Just like in uh, in real life with uh, presidential. And right now we're, I think we're, we got a, the primary for uh, – the the Senate the U.S. Senate here in Utah. Um, I am decidedly not voting Mike Lee. I'm going to go Becky Edwards, and I hope uh, all you listeners do the same. Get that clown out of big, office. Big shout out! Big shout out! Big shout out to him. I, I, don't, I don't know uh, or whoever you voting for, but yeah, <laughs> big shout out to them. <laughs> well, you don't want Mike Lee. He was the guy who they uh, got a video of him today, basically. Somebody somebody summed it up as as they his solution to gun violence was the was the plot of the movie my Tom Cruise movie Minority Report. Oh <laughs> no! Yeah. Have, have social media predict who's gonna commit gun violence it was his was his uh, idea, and I'm like, what? <laughs> what? We can't we can't have that. We can't have that. That man has a sickness. I I I I really don't want somebody like that. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Yeah, I mean, especially because uh, a lot of people have seen you know my Minority Report, except for maybe some of the younger listeners, the the twenty something. But it's it's a pretty good, solid uh, depiction of uh, you know a classic by Philip K. Dick. If you're not familiar with him. His name lends to a lot of, uh, you know, ha-ha. But uh, yeah. 
classic sci-fi writer. Very good stuff. Oh, yeah. And uh, you, you just mentioned, you said that the 20-somethings, shout out to me not being in that uh, group anymore. You know, I feel like I officially have my big boy pants on now. <laughs> I was thinking, I should, probably should have said like 21, 22. <laughs> I, think, I think the older group of them probably <laughs> already reported. Pretty big film at the time. Oh, yeah. Anyways, um, enough from from the washed center. <laughs> um, uh, you got any thoughts on how the how the Celtics bounce back from this and win and win the finals? Yeah, here's my thoughts. Uh, Jason Tatum has to go absolutely berserk, like the, for two straight games, potentially three. Um, but he he has to have one of those crazy uh I'm talking like one of those crazy fifty point games. Uh, you know, in uh in uh San Francisco in order for this to actually you know what I'm saying, in order for this to actually pan out if they can try to bounce back and win this. Problem is when you have a pivotal game like that in in the bay, it's hard to win. You saw that in game two. Um that was a pivotal game. Uh and you, you don't you don't walk in the you don't walk in there and just beat them. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think I, he has to have the game of his life and I think Jalen Brown has to play the best defense he's ever played. I mean that that seems like that's gotta be the Achilles heel for this Boston team is is keeping a game close. If you keep a game close enough it seems like they beat themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they gotta. They they're the type of team, and you can chalk it up to an experience. I mean, the most experienced player you have on that roster, I think, is uh, Al Horford, and yeah. this is his first finals in 15 years. Um, I don't know if Derek Derek White never went to the finals with the Spurs. I don't. I don't think. I think you're um, right, but he's you know, probably the most poised. Him and Horford have really looked pretty yeah. poised. Him and Horford look pretty poised, you know, and so it's just you got to kind of go with whoever uh, – you kind of got to go with that. You, you you can chalk it up to the inexperience. You can chalk it up to, uh, you know, them having some young guys who might be a little bit nervous. But, um, I mean, you you got to – you know you're going to get great defense uh, from Marcus Smart uh, every time. Steph Curry is Steph Curry, so – you know, that's just kind of like saying you're going to hold LeBron to whatever you're going to hold LeBron to whenever he was in his Cleveland days. You know what I'm saying? Um, but Marcus Smart is always going to do what he does defensively. And Jalen Brown has to play very well defensively. Um, and Jason Tatum, I mean, he has to be he, – he, he's got to go out there and drop 50, 52 points if they want to have a chance. Problem is I don't think he's going to be doing that. Um, yeah, he has to. I, I feel like he has to. Of the yeah, you're right. I think he has to control the game down the stretch. He's got to really Kobe Bryant this thing, man. If he wants to, if he wants yeah. to win. Yeah, he's gonna have to send another one of those text messages. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are your thoughts on the, uh, the two two Warriors assistants, both Mike Brown and Kenny Atkinson? have head coaching jobs elsewhere next season. So we're going to see more turnover on that Golden State Warriors bench. Uh, that's intriguing, oh. to say the least. You know, K 
Kenny got a four-year deal with yeah. Charlotte. And uh, and Mike Brown is going to the Kings. I can't remember if his is four years or what it is. Yeah, man, I think that, honestly, um, I, I love it. If, if I'm being honest, I love it. And, and here's why I do. Uh, <laughs> here's why I love it, man. Once again, Steve Kerr actually has to be a coach. Yeah. Feels like <laughs> carried him this year, man. Yeah. Like, and, once, uh, once again, he has to be a coach. I feel like everybody is like, man, you, you need to be benching Draymond, and he keeps getting away with it. How can't keep. He can't keep getting away with this. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly how I feel, man. And he just, I, man, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like, uh, you know, he's. I feel like Steve he, is kind of like yeah, Jackson. Like, he's a, when it comes to head coaching, he's a front runner. Like, yeah. like, yeah. which, which, like, which is fine. Um, you know, but he's not your. X's and O's master guru who's who you can turn to for everything. Um the way people want him to be Popovich so badly and it's just not the case. He's much more yeah, no, it's not. in my opinion, he's much more Phil Jackson. Like manages personalities yeah. well. Except for Kevin Durant. He really didn't get along with K D, which yeah, you know, and at least towards the end, I don't anybody. Yeah. 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 <laughs> along with K D. Yeah. Is, is anybody? I feel like he's he's slowly becoming like the, the dude that one guy that nobody really gets along with. You know what I'm saying? Like he's mercurial, just, man. Very mercurial. Um, I don't know. know. It kind of feels like uh, kind of feels like Kyrie is that guy though. At the same time, so it's like having two of those guys on the same roster. It's got to be a huge headache. I I feel bad for Kenny Atkinson because that's the only reason he's not in the. He's not yeah. with the Nets anymore. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and but yeah, we'll, I, I'm very interested though. We'll see. I'm, I'm interested to see what they do. All I know is, uh, in a way, I kind of feel bad for Mike Brown um, because I, I feel like, you know, uh, cause you said the Kings. Yeah. Right? I think he. The, the, the sac- Sacramento of today is what the Clippers were, you know, 15 years ago. Like, that's where you go for your career to die. Absolutely. And the problem is, like, they went from one bad ownership group to another. Like, everything was great before the Maloofs lost all their money. And then they lost mm-hmm. all their money. And then uh, they were going to – one of the ownership bids, which offered more money, was going to bring that team to Seattle. But the league elected to keep them in Sacramento and allowed Vivek to purchase them at a lesser price. So, you know, unfortunately, I learned the hard way that Vivek apparently was involved with the Warriors Dark Ages. So uh, there you go. (laughs) The the Kings are the Dark Age Warriors. (laughs) Everybody has to be there some kind of way, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's absolutely true about the the Clippers and, and Kings having basically switched places. They have, you know, they have they they pretty much switched places, and it's I mean it's sad to say, you know, it's it's sad to say, uh, uh, 
but I mean, I don't like either one of those teams. I just, I feel bad for Mike Brown. I actually kind of like him as a coach. Yeah. Uh, Damn. Have you seen the photos of him, like, on those old Spurs teams, like, him being a coach, like, 30 years ago for Popovich or something? It's, like, wild. I don't even. I haven't. I'm going to look that up. I, I, dude, I was shocked. I was like, holy crap. And it was like, Mike Brown only looks like 10 years old. <laughs> like, like, he hasn't, he hasn't aged <laughs> like the full 30 years. And you look at a photo of Mike Brown, and you're like, wow, uh, wow. <laughs> you're real different there. <laughs> Anyways, um, well, I guess that's probably a good way for us to round this out. I can't really think of any other. Do you have any other closing thoughts? Man, outside of really just uh, Mike Brown, uh, you know, Warriors and Six, uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder are going to draft uh, Paolo Bancaro from uh, Duke, and they're going to go to the playoffs next year. And the Lakers are going back to the finals, and uh, they're going to play the Jazz in the Western Conference Finals. Lakers in seven. Uh, and then, you really uh, faith in the Jazz to pivot? No, I don't. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to give you listeners hope. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, however, however misplaced it may be. The Warriors back in the conference finals, maybe. I'm, Lakers, Grizzlies. I'll tell you that. I just, you know, I just wanted to give them some misplaced hope was all. <laughs> That's it. What do you think I is happening? I wanted happen- them to think that maybe oh. I was on their side. In your opinion. Say it again. What do you think is happening with the Russell Westbrook situation? Uh, I, I think, I think they're going to, I think they're going to keep him. You know um, what's amazing? I, I really don't understand why the NBA, or rather, well, I guess I understand why the Players Association would be against it, but I don't understand why contract contract restructuring isn't more of a thing. Like, because it feels like they could pay Russ a similar amount over two years, just, you know, like, I don't know, just pay him slightly more or whatever, but to free up money this year so that they could um, not have so many role players that are just, you know, washed beyond belief. Because, man, yeah. that it was oh, scary. Yeah. With that bench, I mean, you got a good one in Austin Reeves. That, that kid is that kid is going places. Um, yeah. And then outside of that, I mean, I, I guess you have none hoping that he's healthy this year. Well, he still has. Uh, listen, man, Kendrick Nunn really pulled out between him and John Wall. I don't know who the biggest, but well, maybe John Wall because of his contract. But I mean, Kendrick Nunn. <laughs> Literally finessed the Lakers, you know, for I think six million this year to just dress up for eighty-two games. Um, dude, and some of those it. from him after the season was over. It's like, dude, you're saying this now that the season is over. It's like this is some dog shit. Like, what the hell? <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm over it. I'm I'm over him. Honestly. His mouth. <laughs> I'm I'm so over him. I need him to like. <laughs> it was go do something. 
too. He's talking all spicy. Like, and he can't even suit up for games. It's like, dude, like, focus on your health. Like, you're focusing way too much energy on what the team could have done when you should be focusing on getting healthy and actually giving them minutes because the team's not going anywhere without you, boss. Like, come on. Yeah. You I can't mean, be 40 games a year. Yeah, but, like, honestly, I mean, I don't know. I want with the with them as a whole, especially just the chemistry, the makeup of L.A., I hope. I mean, I think that they're gonna they're gonna keep Russ. I think that they're gonna try to make it work one year with Darvin Ham and Russ. See how that goes. Um, and honestly, but, I hope that Russ is like, unless he's willing to eat some humble pie and adjust some things and just work on specific things all off season. I really just I think the paint's just gonna be clogged up for you guys all year next year again, and the offense is just gonna be. Horrible. Well, is, that's why we're gonna. That's why when Russ opts into his contract, we're gonna uh, do a draft night trade for Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> uh, and because I saw some, hey man, I saw some Jazz fans who think that Russell Westbrook can unlock this new level of uh, star in La Baguette and. Uh, Man, it, I want to see it happen. We're trading for Westbrook. We're tanking. That's like all it is. Like, <laughs> ain't no, ain't no way, man. I like, don't. The only hope I got for this team is that you know, if we if we trade for Russ, then we're going all in on Victor Wembe Wembeya. I can't remember how to say his last name. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm just. Hey, I'm, the Rudy I'm yeah, Rudy, who can shoot and handle the ball. I'm just trying to give. I'm just trying to give the people what they want. They said they wanted Westbrook because he can do things uh, 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 for the yeah. game of Rudy Gobert that 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 Donovan Mitchell never could. Even though they told me that Mike Conley is one of the best point guards in the league, so that means that he should be able to elevate uh, Rudy's game. But hey, what do I know? I I feel like Mike doesn't. He doesn't have enough of a, a lob repertoire. He's not he's not a Chris Paul type where he's got the full package of, like, lob passes and everything like that. He's just well, a different. You know what I mean, because if you look at his whole career in Memphis, he was never the lob passer. I mean, because well, Marcus yeah. Saul and Zach Randolph were never known for their vertical leaps. Yeah, exactly. He plays below the rim. Yeah. I mean, he was a bounce bounce pass to the post or maybe just like yep. a quick little exactly. pass to the post, but it was never like an alley-oop, you know what I mean? Uh, yep. you Work know, on and, the block, all that kind of stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Like you know, so, I, I mean, I, I think that what they wanted from that, while you do get a point guard in my county that has a high IQ, he's not going to play to the strengths of Rudy the way that, a point guard, yeah, maybe like a Russell Westbrook would. Keep in mind, I'm really trying to push that Russell Westbrook agenda there. <laughs> <laughs> you just want to um, someplace to unload your dead weight. I, I know. Listen, but at this rate, the way and Jazz fans hate it when I say this, 
uh, but the way that Donovan sometimes shoots well from three and other times will go three for 15. Look, man. He's streaky, man. He's streaky. He is. He is. He's, he's, he's J.R. Smith. He's J.R. Smith, but, but better. If you think about J.R. like in his quote unquote prime, like in those, uh, later nugget years. No, no, I agree with that. That's a good, you know uh, what I mean? an assessment. Like, yeah. Incredibly athletic, cool. but he shoots good for like three games and then he's ass for and also, the next five. Well, and also he's really on and off defensively, like, JR yeah. in the finals can turn it on for like two games and that's it. <laughs> like, yeah. And you know, Donovan can turn it on for like a series, but it doesn't, it's not a sustained effort. It's there all year. And I, I hate the excuses that people make for him. I'm just like, well, you know, maybe he really does need to go somewhere like the heat. That's going to demand more from him because like, I don't know. That's why I felt like the thing with Quinn, as much as they, the organization is saying they wanted to keep him and everything like that. I'm like, man, you need to change. If you're going to try to run it back with Gobert and Mitchell, you need a different coaching philosophy in here. You need to try to switch up the role players. Like, just this current situation is, uh-uh, it's not it. So No, no, not at all. Not at all. I actually, uh, I will say, though, um, with the coaching switch, with with – the trade rumors that have been going on now for two years. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, dude. Because this HP basketball dude apparently was uh, shooting his shot tonight on Donovan Mitchell wanting out, saying he wants to go to a quote-unquote glamour market. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, man, glamour market? Like, that's like the weirdest term. Like, I've used that term before, but me as a fan, like, I don't I don't see reporters yeah. using that kind of verbiage. They'll say, like, big market, small market. They don't say glamour market. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's just weird to me. This HP basketball dude is, like, he's too embedded in Twitter. He's got, like, he's got got some weird takes that I think are Um, too much Twitter. Yeah, and and see, and what I would want to do or what I would want to see just because we're talking glamour markets. I actually, I gotta find the tweet and I'll, I'll have to tag you in it. But I wouldn't mind seeing Donovan in a, uh, in a, uh, in a New York Nick uniform. I'd like to see what that looks like with him, Julius Randle, RJ Barrett, uh, or maybe they trade RJ, maybe they trade RJ Barrett. You know what I mean? Uh, uh for him, but I would like to see him in New York. Uh, if you can call that a glamorous market, you know, the Knicks are somewhat of a dumpster fire, even though they're kind of a good team. Um, yeah. <laughs> word to, word. Like, I would, I would love to see that. Uh, there's several places where I would like to see him. One, the, the first would be, um, the first place would be in, in New York in a Knicks uniform. The second place would be in Los Angeles, but not with the Lakers, with the Clippers. Why the Clippers? Uh, because I think that they're realizing Kawhi Leonard doesn't want to be there. Uh, oh, I think they're slowly realizing Kawhi doesn't want to be there. Um, how do I know Kawhi doesn't want to be there? The man has taken a year and a half off. 
<laughs> You're not I, right. Listen, I mean, but, this is exactly what happened before he forced his way out of uh, San Antonio. My question is, if he doesn't want to be there, where exactly does he want to be? Because he's confusing at this point. He wants to be somewhere where he doesn't have to um, initiate the offense. So that mm-hmm. was what his main complaint was uh, uh, last season um, or the season before. So the bubble season. His main complaint oh, coming out of the bubble season don't have a point was guy, what you're saying. Yeah. God. Yeah. He's like, I want somebody who can initiate the offense. I don't want to have to be, he doesn't want to have to run point basically. Um, and so, uh, I think that I'm trying to figure out where you would put him with a halfway decent point guard is where he's going to be happy. Okay. Well, it it blows my mind that they just haven't tried to make that happen. Like even just to trade Paul George for an upgraded point guard or something. I mean, Paul George is a really good player, but he's getting on an agent something. Why don't you trade him for like an up and coming point guard? Who distributes the rock? Like I don't know. I, it's probably easier said than done. I think it is because you've you've committed what two hundred million? Yeah, and to insane, Paul George now. Yeah, you got an insane amount of money wrapped up in that guy. Yeah, so you've, you've, but they're you've also. Played. I think what they're really good. They're also really good at finding these on the margins guys, like um, and developing them, which you know is not something. Uh, you know, that I expected uh, as an organizational transformation from them. I feel like they're kind of like, they're almost as good as Miami at that now. Where they'll just yeah. turn guys who can fill out the edge of the rotation really well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to look at, one thing I'm going to do is I'm going to have to look at, uh, look at what the free agent market looks like this year. I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you what, if they could have got him, the Clippers, if they could have got this guy, I would have loved to have seen, and Lord knows he can't stay healthy to save his life, um, but I would have liked to have seen Lonzo Ball with the Clippers even for half of a season. Um, Because if you want a guy who's a point guard who's not afraid to bring the ball up, initiate the offense, that's going to be Lonzo every time. He just can't stay healthy. Yeah, that is a great point. I honestly feel like the Bulls, I don't know. It's it's confusing to me what the Bulls are doing too because they're obviously trying to get off their big man. And there's all these rumors swirling that they want Rudy, and I'm just like, but what do the Jazz want from you guys? Like, the only thing the Jazz are going to want is like they're going to want perimeter guys who are good defensively, like yeah, Alex Caruso, and like I mean that, and that's the problem is I. I think they're going to be asked to give up too many of those guys, and they're not going to want to. So that's just going to be a stalemate. I think the only way a Rudy Gobert trade gets done is if it's a three-way trade. Um, Because I just don't see um, all the teams getting what they want unless another team is involved. I can see that. I can see that. Plus, correct me if I'm wrong, and I know things are going – you know, salary caps and such are kind of on the move as far as going up, but Rudy is due what forty some yeah. odd million next year. Yeah, he's like forty million dollars. Could be a 
there's just not a lot of there's yeah, so, not a lot of teams that's that's gonna be able to afford that. Well, that's that's the point. I and think that's that, why you would need that third that third team. Exactly, and you know it's funny because people are saying like the Raptors. OG Ananobi for Rudy, and I'm just like, I, I do not see the Jazz being interested in that. Like, if OG is the name that they're floating, I'm just, the Jazz are definitely not interested. Like, that's that's what it is. Like, I think people are, are imagining this is going to be such a, you know, such an easy trade, and I just, I feel like there's a lot of people that are just going to be unhappy with you know, they're like, I'm I'm gonna want more of this or more of that to get this done. And yeah, Rudy is uh he's in year two of his five year deal with the fifth year being a player option. So he's actually thirty eight point two next year and then forty one, forty three, forty six. With that last one being a player option. That's a that's a lot. I know, it's a lot of money. But if the cap keeps going up, I can I can see teams talking themselves into it. As long as he stays healthy. He just gotta stay healthy. <laughs> That's it. He's just he's gotta stay healthy. He's yeah, gotta stay healthy. And I, I think he can. He will. Once those lower injuries uh, or foot injuries happen for a big man, it's pretty much a wrap. So yeah, he better stay healthy. <laughs> yeah, word to word to Yao Ming. Yeah. Well that was also uh Jazz gambled on this guy, Borchers, and like he was out of the league in a few years because he had some foot thing. Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty damn. Uh, it's just that's just unlucky. <laughs> that's just some unlucky stuff. But yeah, we'll we'll you know we'll see what uh see kind of what happens. I'm really uh what what are we looking at? Draft is in. What at the, the end of this month? Uh, yeah, something like that. End of this month, and then we got a uh, uh, free agency July first. Uh, I'm intrigued. Man. Draft. It feels like there's a lot of teams that are uncontent, you know, with what they have and they want to change. So, I think there should be some moves, right. not a lot of movement around the top. But hey, listen, if y'all. If y'all decide to ship Rudy off, uh, I heard Shaq's son Sharif is entering the draft. He's had some workouts. Oh yeah, recently. really good things about Sharif. I've heard he's kind oh, yeah. of he's Shaq with more of an outside shot, which yeah. I mean, not quite the diesel. Like he's not that much. I mean, I don't think anybody has ever been that much of an uh, inside dominant presence as him. But yeah, he's like a Shaq light with an outside shot. That yeah, he'd be an intriguing prospect for sure. Huh. I mean, especially because they want to stretch the floor more. That's just the kind of the way the game is going, or the way the game is now. Uh, you know, there's there's Sharif O'Neal, and I say that in all seriousness. People look at his stats, but they don't understand. Like he's actually not a bad player. Um, I think that's the biggest problem with how people evaluate. Um, draft talent is you can have guys like Kyle Kuzma who are, you know, they're okay players in college, but they're really more suited for the pro game where there's more space to operate and stuff. And Kuz really has shown that. That was a big knock on him coming out of school is that, you know, oh, his numbers are terrible and da 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 da. 
But, you know, you give him a little wiggle room, he can be an exciting player. Yeah. Kuz dropping 40 for the Wizards at the beginning <laughs> of the season, man. Like, yeah, that was the... That's crazy, man. I, I, his stock feels like it was really up and down last year. So it's like, you don't know how much the Wizards, like, it's hard to know what the Wizards are doing. I don't know if the Wizards even know what they're doing. Like, oh, they, they have no idea. Well, yeah, but, I mean, Bradley Beal, it it's like, as Bradley Beal turns over there. <laughs> like, yeah. Like an older Donovan Mitchell, but, like, with a less successful team. So. Exactly. I don't feel bad for him. <laughs> I mean, sure. I mean, <laughs> we like to just we like to just take the money and stay in in uh, and play for uh, who was it? Ern Ernie Grunfeld or whatever. I got the GM that was there forever. That should have been fired like years ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you you chose to do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> on you, man. On you. <laughs> well, hey, uh, I think this was a good talk. Um, yeah. We'll post this for you guys. Hopefully, we'll I'll have this up before Game Five hits. You guys can. Uh, so our takes don't look baffling in retrospect. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, Ed, we'll always see. good to talk with you. And uh, always yeah, have a good night, brother. You too, brother. Take care. We'll catch you next time. All right.